You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hi, I'm Lothair Eaton, and you're listening to Why I Couldn't Make It. I wouldn't make it. Hello. <laughs> why? See, that's why. <laughs> this is why you never make it. This is why I never make it. I made up some crazy shit. Well, happy birthday, and welcome to the second anniversary episode of Why I'll Never Make It. That's right, the podcast is now two years old. It has been quite a journey these past couple of years, and I want to start off by saying a big thank you for being a supporter, a listener, for your contributions, for interacting on social media, as well as the emails that you've sent and the support that you've given it is in no small part that this podcast has grown as it has because of you. Those first few episodes, <laughs> we we had a handful of listeners that were there kind of trying us out, not sure, we weren't even sure what we were doing, but it has now grown and now hundreds are listening to each episode and I just couldn't be more grateful for all that this podcast has become. It was December 28th, two years ago, that the very first episode of Why I'll Never Make It was released. And at that time, it was with my co-host, Dewey Cadell, and I will always be thankful for the time, the energy, the resources that he put into getting this show off the ground in that first season. And since then, I have had the extreme pleasure of talking with so many wonderful guests and sharing not only their thoughts, but sharing my own thoughts with you each and every week. 
In this anniversary episode, I'm certainly going to be taking a look back over the last year at some of the guests that have come on, some of the great moments that have happened in the show, you know, and throw in a few of the moments that, uh, <laughs> that didn't go off so well. But before I get to that, I want to talk about an article that I read recently. It was actually one that came out in 2018, but I happened upon it after listening to a podcast called How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. She is an author and a journalist in the UK and had written an article for The Guardian called Why We Should Embrace Failure. And basically she chronicled her her own life's ups and downs and what led her to create that podcast. And she talks about the different setbacks and failures that came up in her life that took her down different paths and in different directions than she thought that her life would be going. And one particular thing that she said really stuck out to me. Life crises have a way of doing that. They strip you of your old certainties and throw you into chaos. The only way to survive is to surrender to the process. When you emerge blinking into the light, you have to rebuild what you thought you knew about yourself. And that really got me thinking, not only about uh, my own future, the future of this podcast, but about what led me to New York in the first place, which was to be on Broadway. I think most actors come to New York with that in mind of eventually getting that audition, getting that callback, and eventually booking their first Broadway show. And for me, that has been an 11 and a half year journey of trying to make that happen. And I think with 2020 coming up, as we all make those, those resolutions about things we want to change or work on in the coming year, I think one of the biggest things that I'm going to be trying to work on for this next year is letting go of what I thought my life would be. I thought that I would come to New York. I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I thought I would come here, work as an actor, work my way up, and eventually book Broadway. After 11 and a half years, my belief in myself, while yes, I have those good days and bad days, but my belief in myself and the ability to become a Broadway actor, that really hasn't changed that much. But my belief in the system, my belief that others, casting, directors, producers, that they will see that and cast me, my belief that that will happen has certainly waned and it's something that I cannot count on. And it's really something that I could never count on. But it's become more almost painfully obvious to me that it's something that I can't rest my hopes. I can't rest my life on that expectation. As Elizabeth Day wrote in her article, I need to start looking at my life. What if Broadway is not a part of it? What will my life be? What will I find enjoyment? and contentment, and happiness, and fulfillment from, if this one big goal, this pinnacle, the apex of my hopes and dreams, if I don't reach that, what else do I have? And I'll admit, for the past few years, I haven't had much else. Because that hasn't happened, then I feel like I've just been coasting, I've been waiting, I've just been in a standstill hoping that it will come and just kind of looking forward to it, but not really moving. And I realized that it's not just a matter of moving toward the goals that you want, but if those goals become out of reach or if they keep getting further and further away, I need to find other things to reach toward. 
because there's so much around me. There's so much other theater work I could do. There's so many other projects I can work on, this podcast being one of them. There's so many other ways that I can express my creative energies and put them to use than just being a Broadway actor. I need to do some digging in my own self and figure out what that is, because that's certainly something that I'm struggling with. And so for me, why I'll never make it is because my idea of making it has been so singularly focused that I haven't opened myself up to other avenues and other ways that I can make it. For me, that's what 2020 is all about, both in my life, in my career. I think that is something that I can carry with me and be mindful of over this next year and and hopefully going forward. I will admit part of me thinks that just like in relationships, you know, you, you want to date, you want to be with someone, you want that boyfriend, girlfriend, and then nothing happens. And then finally, when you kind of give up, when you're not looking, that's when someone comes into your life and they change it. So maybe this relationship with Broadway will be the same. Once I stop focusing on it, once I stop putting all of my eggs in that one basket and start spreading myself around and finding other ways to take my time and, and, and use my energies then maybe it will come along when I least expect it. But again, the, that can't be my one focus. That can't be my expectation. I need to really find what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm not doing? What could I do more of to make my life, to make others around me more successful and more content and fulfilled in this life? And I think that that outer focus is going to be much better than just concentrating on me, 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 my goal, my goal. So let me know what you think. What are your resolutions for 2020? What are you thinking this next year is going to be or what you hope this next year can be for yourself? You can certainly reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, send me a direct message there, or you can go to the website contact.winmepodcast.com. I would certainly love to hear what you're thinking and what you're going through and how you're kind of navigating. I think that's so important that we share and open up our own trials and tribulations. I think it's something that we can all benefit from as we hear from each other and learn from each other. And that has certainly been something that this podcast has tried to be. It's tried to be a conduit for conversations that we can all take something from, and we can all find that nugget of wisdom that the various guests share with us each and every week. Well, I wanted to start off with a couple of my guests. One was from this past spring, Tony Howell. He's a digital strategist and is actually someone that I worked with on the Avita Tour as a dancer and singer. But he now works to help artists with their branding and marketing themselves on the social and online platforms. And the second guest is Misha Oshorovich, an actor who just recently moved from New York and is now transitioning to Los Angeles. So here is Tony and Misha talking about specific challenges that they've faced and how it affected both their life and their careers as well. I lost my father when I was 17. And so theater provided an escape for me. I could go be someone else for two or three hours. And at the time, to take thousands of people or hundreds of people away from their troubles for two hours or, or teach them something in two hours was a noble thing. And that's why I followed that path for so many years. 
But fast forward and I became very disillusioned with the commercial theater and the market there. And, and so that's where I had that moment of looking at my intention of why I became an actor and how can I, instead of focusing on the what, which was Broadway, 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 how can I focus on the why? But how can I start with my intention and look at those verbs how can I go out in the world and inspire or create or change? I've created different pathways for myself. I really felt watching that film and having seen other content, limited content about um, eating disorders in the past, I had yet to see myself in those stories on screen, in books that I read while I was in treatment. It, I never felt like I saw myself and the messy uh, hard to chew on, very gray area, human aspect of eating disorders. They're not clean cut. They're an incredibly insidious mental um, illness. And uh, I felt very kind of driven, talk about in spite of things, very driven to make content, make something, make in this case a film about how I saw this disorder, how it really pervades every part of somebody's life. And sometimes the challenges we face don't just come from our own life, but sometimes they come from the very work that we do. Caroline Bowman, who is currently Elsa on the Frozen National Tour, was actually part of my season opener for season three, and she spoke specifically about the role of Nicola in Kinky Boots and her journey with that character. Even Nicola, I mean, like, she doesn't, in this show, she, she is a part of Charlie's story and how he gets to where he is but she's like it's kind of hard to ha I would I have found in the beginning it was like hard to have a connection with her because you're like oh well she doesn't do that much in the show but even I've 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 fought for her like yeah. I've I found over, over the year and a half I have played her I started fighting for her and defending her and defending like and I'm like wow I really do connect with her <laughs> you know like I do have found reasons to love her and um and then that makes the connection with the audience and everything because you are so in touch with your character and she just doesn't her story doesn't have a lot of stage time no no it doesn't her story it's, is happening it's, it's all off stage yeah a lot of her story. she's got she's she i have to have a fully developed off stage <laughs> story oh, yeah she's a busy woman <laughs> she's a busy woman but no matter the challenge Brett Shuford says we must face it head on. Brett is an actor-singer himself. He's also one half of the Broadway Husbands and is also a life coach, helping artists and actors like myself meet these challenges in the best way possible. You know, not waiting for other people to give you permission is a huge asset. And I think so many actors, so many of us are waiting for permission. And you don't need permission. You don't need other people to come to you and cast you. You can produce your own work. You can create your own community by doing so. And things happen. The, the, you may end up not getting a direct path to what you want. But you'll get a roundabout path to what you want. And it'll ha things will happen that were beyond your wildest dream when you don't wait for other people to give you permission. And this idea of asking for permission is something that we all face, no matter whether we're a veteran with years and years of experience behind us or we're just getting started in this business. And two of my favorite guests, one, Maggie Barra. She holds a special place because she was toward the beginning of this year and as a podcast, just kind of getting started, she was one of the catalysts that really propelled 
this podcast into a new sphere of listenership and really took it upon herself. And I'm so grateful to spread word about this podcast. And because of her openness and honesty on the show, it made for a really wonderful episode, especially for someone so young and new to the business. And then a few weeks later, Alana Levine graced this podcast with her wonderful magnetic presence. She is someone who was in the original You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and has been featured in television and movies and other Broadway shows. And it was a true joy to talk to her and hear her experience and the wisdom that she brings to her audition process and to how she's made a life for herself in this business. I've always had this innate drive within me to perform and create. And I know that the statistics of being a successful actor are low, but there's something in me that says, I know the odds are against me, but I'm still here and I'm still going. And I know that one day I'm going to have one person that believes in me. One day I'm going to, um, someone's finally going to think of me and bring me in for a life-changing show. I, I know that eventually, as I, I think that there's a place for everyone in the theater industry one way or another, especially if they love it and they have that drive to continue in, in it. But I just think that regardless, it's going to take time. The exciting and hard part about being in the arts is that there's not like a clear ladder that you go up rung by rung and then you've made it like... For me, I went up a couple of rungs, I fell to the bottom, then I got to the top. Like it is a very fluid sort of thing for most people. So I think the exciting thing is you're always learning. And so all you can do is be the best actress you are on any given day and hope that it pleases the people that, you know, the writer mostly. For me, it's all about the writer. Am I, am I who he or she imagined? And am I telling the story in the way that they had hoped? Both Maggie and Alana host their own podcast, so look in the show notes for links to their podcast. The last clip I'm going to share is from Cheryl Lee Seacom. She was actually my first international guest. She and I spoke together, me in the U.S. and her in Australia. She is an actress and director there and guides community theaters through the process, the painstaking and challenging process of trying to stay afloat. And that is something that theaters here in the U.S. also struggle with. And she basically looks at us artists and puts us into one of two categories. I find there's two groups of people that tend to go into this industry, those who are seeking fame for the wrong reasons and those who understand that it's a job and a craft. The job and the craft people tend to last longer and uh, sustain better, whereas, you know, if you don't figure out pretty quickly that the fame issue isn't going to, you know, work for you and what is actually driving that, then you're going to crash and burn sometime soon. Back in the spring, I devoted an entire episode to just audition stories. It was actually one of my favorite episodes to put together. I had spoken with many of the guests that had been on previously, as well as episodes that were coming up after that audition episode, and some really wonderful stories, some oh, heartbreaking stories, as well as some just hysterical stories came out of those conversations. 
So I thought I'd share with you three of my favorite ones. This first one is absolutely hysterical, and it actually got its own phrase, Poopgate. Amy Marie Stewart, who is a singer and a vocal director herself, talks about the infamous Poopgate. After that is one of my dear friends, Caitlin Kinnanen, who was star of The Prom on Broadway. And, thanks to you, is actually the most downloaded episode of the podcast. With more than 500 people listening to that episode on podcast apps, and over 300 people listening to it on YouTube. And the last audition story comes from the Season 2 finale guest, Ben Davis. He is a magnificent actor and singer and a baritone much like myself, who shares an audition story that actually has not been aired until right now, about Baz Luhrmann and auditioning for La Boheme. I will for sure be doing another audition episode coming up in 2020, so stay tuned for that episode. For now, enjoy these three entertaining audition stories from Amy, Caitlin, and Ben. So for those of you who don't know, yes, do you feel at, at a Magic Mike, correct me if yes, I'm wrong. it was Magic Mike. Yeah, it was ECC. a Magic Mike ECC chorus call audition, and uh-huh. I think this was for the dancer call. Mm-hmm. In the room, you know, it's generally a large room for all the dancers to, you know, learn the combination, do their audition. And so I, I believe the mm-hmm. monitor or someone <laughs> stepped in a yeah. pile of poop that was in yeah. the corner of the room. And so then it's like... Then the big where question is, where did it come from? And I think <laughs> the conclusion eventually was that it was a service dog. So I have to wonder if it's the same service dog that was three or so years ago, I want to say, where a creative team member who was there auditioning actors for the day brought in her dog. And in the middle of like this very intense you know, set of sides that had a lot of high notes, it was very classically oriented, um, sort of a, a Phantom of the Opera style kind of thing. The dog wandered into the middle of the room and did actually (laughs) start, you know, kind of taking liberties, you know, in the middle of the audition. The dog was critiquing the audition, basically. Yeah, you know, it did feel that way. I did feel a little personally offended. I was like, or maybe he just felt so free, you know, that like this was the You gave him a safe space to be like, the room is yours. The room is yours. Take the space, my friend. Yeah. So... (laughs) So the dog just walks into the middle of yeah. it and obviously starts to hunch and, over as they and do. Just starts did, and did everyone start to be like, no, no? Or- yeah, a little bit. And so, but I kept going, and it was too attract too, which was like extra awkward. Oh, so it's not those like there was an awkward. accompaniment yeah. that was gonna like was gonna stop. So when I heard the story this past week, I'm like, it must like the first thing I thought was like service dog, right. and probably the same one. Maybe, because this was that, also Pearl Studios. It was a while ago, but yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the first one that, that comes to is mind. Cra- I know, I know. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's a story you're not going to forget. You never forget that. No, no. no. You never do. I'm, I mean, I've, I'm trying to think back to any auditions I've had where there were animals in the room. I, that was the only one where I'd never seen an animal in the room before. Right. I, I can't think of, of, of a service animal or any just like right. pet... And this was no. probably, to be honest with you, like not a service animal because service animals are trained not to do that. Right, an actual service animal. Exactly, it's yeah, probably you know an emotional support or like a buddy for the day kind of situation or like doggy daycare was closed and so yeah. they brought they brought their dog in. But yeah, that so, was that's so the see, first the, thing. I mean, <laughs> auditions are hard enough as it is, but then yeah. you hear crazy stories like that, and right. it's just like, what is happening? I was recovering from mono 
which like really took me out. Like Hello. mono, yeah. I was I was not okay. Um, so I had mono, and I had found out that I had mono through getting um, tonsillitis that was so bad that it like my tonsils were so swollen that it was pushing my tongue out of place. So oh I like had a speech impediment for a while. <laughs> um, wow! And so like had mono, so like I couldn't yeah, walk a trouble. block without taking like a thirty minute nap. It was horrible, and. <laughs> That's how I auditioned for Bridges of Madison County. Oh my gosh. It's just like sick out of my mind. I did my final callback for that and had to be um, rushed to an emergency ultrasound for my spleen because it was so enlarged that it was like throbbing and they thought it was going to burst. This was after the audition? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So like... Sometimes when you think your body is failing you and it is failing you and you think you've had like a really shit audition, sometimes it's not that bad and people like you anyway. It's not your spleen rupturing, so so you'll make it. Yeah. You'll get through. It was great. Oh my gosh. Just like a little balance for you. That's my favorite audition No, 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 no. To me, that's good. The fact that after an audition... You have to go to the emergency room because your spleen's like about I literally to, like, like went and I like met my mom at a coffee shop and we were sitting there and I was like my side like is throbbing and I, at that point I didn't know where my spleen was I didn't know that was a thing yeah but apparently when you have mono it can enlarge your spleen to the right because it's it might taken in all that crap rupture. yeah ooh yeah. yeah but it didn't it didn't you were fine I still got it. You still got your spleen. Also, it's... your spleen is on your left side, for those of now you, you know. who don't know. Right under your ribs. So it's still doing its job. It's still going. <laughs> it hasn't throbbed in a while. It's good. You know, with Baz, it was uh, always film. He was always up there with you. Then we came in for work sessions where we would have all the bohemians together. So me, Rodolfo, Chonard, Colline, uh, all of the them. And But he didn't have enough. So then he asked some people behind the table uh, to come up and be these other people Isn't in that always interesting when you have when your audition becomes like yeah. a full on scene. What I didn't realize is one of them was Jeffrey Sellers, the the, the producer. <laughs> the producer. So, so yeah, it's, but it's so interesting. So it was just fun, and he just made it seem like just work. It was just work. It was just let's create. Let's see what we can do here. Yeah. So that was the best. And then, do you have like a an audition that? Wow, I wish I could have done that one better or yeah, just it was when I was uh having all the vocal issues and I went in for a show that was like a like a it was like a lame is light and uh a, a director a British director and I sang a song that I sang hundreds of times before and always felt like I can kill this song mm-hmm. and it just wasn't there and he made some sort of comment about it. And that, that hurt a lot because I knew I was struggling in a certain way, Yeah, you know? And so for, for him to then comment on that, uh, I, I have him locked in my head. And, and you, you remember that exactly. Yeah. And he wouldn't remember me from, you know. Yeah. But in your mind, you're like, I know exactly what you said. It's still in there. Yep. Yeah. How did, how did that make you feel coming out of the Destroyed. Destroyed. Because I would, I was already vulnerable and already incredibly i i knew that i was uh operating at a deficit so you know and it was just something i couldn't control when you've always had your voice because my voice has always been what i counted on i knew i could always count on my voice and when that's taken away it's an incredibly frightening experience it it really is interesting how much that that just being a little off, or you know, instead of being at ninety percent, you're like seventy yeah. percent. It's interesting how just that little adjustment. You're having to work a little harder. You're having to play songs differently, and all of a sudden, you're you're exhausted. Totally out of whack, man. Yeah, 
And it's because it's such an emotional instrument. It, it's all emotion. You know what I mean? That that any sort of uh, lack of confidence can can really make you do things that then put your compromise your voice a lot. And I'm sure you find this in auditions and sometimes you'll kind of ramp it up or yeah. get a little extra and you yeah. get a little tense. Yeah. So it's it's just, uh, yeah, that will always stick in my head. And But then you learn that, that if that's as bad as it gets, okay, I survived it. Right. You've, you've we done pretty out. well since we then. came out since then. So it's, <laughs> it's all right. And it, this too shall pass. And you just lock it in your head and go, well, that was an interesting experience. And if I ever get to know that director well, and we're on a good terms, I'll be like, you were not very nice to me at one point in time. <laughs> this is all water under the bridge now, but I just want to let you know that took oh. some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> And now we come to my favorite moment of 2019. This podcast isn't usually topical. It's not following what's on the news or what happened that day. However, after watching the 2019 Tony Awards ceremony, I had a few thoughts. And I immediately went to the microphone and recorded the episode that aired in June, talking about my feelings, my impressions, and what I learned and gathered from that Tony Award ceremony. And of course, the moment that was the moment was Andre De Shields giving his acceptance speech for winning the Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical. So, I would like to share with you just three cardinal rules of my ability and longevity. One... Surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Two, slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. And three, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing. That moment, that speech will forever be etched into my memory. A 70-year-old actor with a 50-year glorious career winning his first Tony Award and sharing that wisdom, that experience that he's been through in those three simple rules. It was, it, it is something that will definitely stick with me for the remainder of my career. May it, may it last 50 years as well. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, my focus on Broadway has perhaps kept me from other opportunities that might have been as wonderful, that might have been even more worthwhile and fulfilling. And who knows? I mean, forget about a Tony Award. Maybe my Broadway debut won't happen until I'm in my 70s. <laughs> but what a ride it's going to be until I get there. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode. It's been great to take a look back at the previous year that's happened in theater, that's happened on this podcast. And I appreciate you coming along, not only for today's episode, but for this entire year. Please know that every time I get behind this microphone, I am thinking of you and the questions that you want to ask and the stories that you want to hear in order to get through this business and ultimately to have the best life that we can. 
Now, as I promised you, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of one of the less stellar moments from the podcast. But before I do that, I do want to say a little bit about 2020. There's going to be a slight change, and the change is coming in the form of seasons. Now, so far, the seasons, our first season was actually shortened. It it began basically in January, went through around June. Then I started the second season in September, went through June. This season started in September. But instead of going through June, I'm going to end it right now. So season four will begin in January. Because I want to have a year-long podcast before I was taking a break during the summer, and I want to have a year-long podcast that just keeps going. The summer break, while yes, it certainly is a great time for me to focus on the work that I do in the summer, the different shows or whatnot, it also was giving me a break to formulate what I want to do for the next season, get together some guests and this and that. My goal for 2020 is to have a year-long podcast. That's right, something every week of the year. Now, we'll see how that holds up, but that is certainly my goal for 2020, and that is my promise and gift to you that I will be here every week of 2020. Now, the podcast will still come out on Wednesdays. I'm going to stick with Win Me Wednesdays. I kind of like that. So join me January 8th for the very first episode of Season 4 in 2020. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and for sharing the news with those who you think could benefit and learn from this podcast. I wouldn't be here and I couldn't do it without you. So stick around for the why this podcast will never make it moment. (laughs) But until next year, I'm Patrick Oliver Jones reminding you that the reasons for not making it in 2019 may have been frustrating and seemed arbitrary, but the reasons to keep going in 2020 are even more numerous and rewarding. I'll see you next year on Why I'll Never Make It. Now, when it comes to this podcast, I love doing the interviews. And admittedly, some guests I connect with better, some interviews go better, that just happens. But overall, I think all of my guests are good, and they provide some insight or wisdom into this business. But the real tough part is when I want to do a solo episode. I have a particular issue I want to talk about, or... Sometimes I just couldn't find a guest for that week, so I'll just come up with a topic and go from there. And I think for the most part, those episodes have been successful, like when I did a tribute to Marin Maisie, and most recently the Thanksgiving episode where I talked about being grateful for what we can in this business. But sometimes my solo episodes have gone in interesting directions. There was one where I was on jury duty for two weeks, so basically my whole life stopped. I couldn't do any podcasting, any auditioning, no other work except for jury duty. So that was at least interesting. The case was kind of a fascinating story, so I talked about that two-week experience. But... One particular episode, which was actually the very first episode of 2019, dealt with the story of cupcakes. Yeah, I thought that it would just be fascinating for me to talk about how I botched making a cupcake. 
Now, don't worry, I'm not going to torture you by replaying that particular segment of the episode, because I went on for four or five minutes talking about how I messed up my uh, getting together the ingredients for the red velvet cupcake. But I do want to showcase a little bit about what makes me listening back to it cringe a little bit. Now, it didn't have any underscoring, so why don't I try and add a little bit it may help. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like this. And maybe this will help this story. Now, I've, I've already talked about making the cupcakes. And I'm kind of getting to the point that I'm trying to make to here. Basically, it was there was water down at the bottom of each of the cupcake things. It was just an absolute mess. And on this box, it even said step one, step two. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't Well, that hard. edit sure was obvious. Out. All I had to do was read and follow the directions. Isn't that interesting? Just so interesting. So needless to say, no red velvet cupcakes. Fortunately, I still have the frosting. Nope, not done yet. That at some time if I want to do that. But ugh, I did take a tiny bite of it. Ugh, it was a mess. It was absolute mess. How many times can I say mess? In the holidays, that did not turn out that badly. This was just. A one-off, but it was a stark reminder of how I oh. get distracted, how I get hurried, how I just want to like get to the end and get it in the oven. Oh, I wish I'd gotten to the end of this story. To go step by step and make it right. But now, here we go. It definitely reminded me how I do that sometimes with my career. I try to hurry along. I try to, okay, well, I just need to get to the next show. So I just kind of barrel on. Oh, I see. It's a metaphor. I I just need to get hired again. So my focus is on the next show on getting hired. You see, it's a cupcake metaphor for my career. Yeah. That's what I talked about on an episode. So (laughs) anyway, I'm not saying it's the worst podcast episode I've ever done or listened to. Anyway, that episode did eventually get into an interesting story. I had uh, had a conversation with Mark Kudish at an event one time, and so I relayed the, the bits of that conversation. He didn't actually come on the podcast, but maybe one day, fingers crossed, he will. But um, yeah, but that first part of the Cupcakes and Kudish, yep, that's what I called the episode. That is still on the episode list for you to enjoy should you ever happen to have 20 minutes where you have nothing to do. Hey Siri, subscribe to Why I'll Never Make It podcast. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast Why I'll Never Make It by Patrick Oliver Jones? Yes. Okay, I've subscribed you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.